just crank that tape It's the dynasty crossroads where film is everything The dynasty crossroads where numbers are the king There may not be consensus, but we'll give you Hello, welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I am here with Jake Anderson at NFL Draft Talker on Twitter. And we need your help today. Not really your help, but kind of your help. And um, we need reviews on whatever podcast app or service you use. Also, comments on Twitter. Now, this isn't just because that that would be nice to you know try and promote us a little bit. It's also because we can't keep having the same conversation each week. We can't keep calling each other up 10 minutes before we go on air to say, hey, who do you want to talk about this week? I don't know. Who do you want to talk about this week? So we need your help. We need you to make a suggestion, make a comment, tell us who you want us to talk about or who you would like us to take sides on so that we can stop having this conversation every week. Now, we did release a Twitter poll this week uh, with three different options, and we got over 250 responses, so thanks for everyone that voted in that. Uh, unfortunately, the vote came out split 45% for both players, and then a few who voted for a non-rookie. So that didn't help out a lot. What we've decided to do this week, however, is talk about Ronald Jones, since I think he's one of the more divisive um, between the options we gave, at least. Um, in this year's draft. So we're going to talk about him from both a film and an analytics perspective uh, and try to give you an overall view of what this prospect is and what he could do in the NFL. We've both recently been on podcasts as well, and since we keep forgetting to mention that stuff, I thought I'd put it here up front. I have recently recorded with Matthew Kelly and the Roto Underworld podcast, and Jake just recorded with the Dynasty Owners Manual. Which definitely worth a listen as well. So please check those episodes out. We don't know when they're going to drop, but they're going to drop soon. So try and put them in your feed at some point. Um, and I guess that's it. That's my introduction this week, Jake. I mean, uh, how are you doing? Anything else going on? Something I forgot? No, everything is good. I think I think it's funny that we're asking for more help from Twitter, um, deciding what player, and then Twitter couldn't even do the poll correctly. They couldn't even give us an answer after 250 votes. So that was pretty funny, but. Yeah, all yeah, they're just as bad as us. <laughs> exactly. So my wife and daughter are out of town. They'll be they've been out of town for a few days or to go for a few more days. And honestly, I don't know what to do with my life right now other than uh, try to play some golf. So I uh, was definitely looking forward to tonight's podcast and talking about a guy. I think we're both a little bit split on in Ronald Jones. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good episode to set up the fact that we're not always one way or the other on a, on every player, right? We uh have a bit of a mixed view of him, both from an analytics and from a film perspective. He isn't a clear-cut buy-in. He isn't a clear-cut sell-out either. So um, I think that'll be an interesting type of episode. And no, uh, we've never had one where someone didn't want to take the lead here because they had a strong opinion. Do you want to talk about some of the things you saw about Ronald Jones on tape, or would you rather I start? Um, why don't I feel like... I don't know. Who usually goes first? I think I usually go first. So why don't why don't you give me what you got going first? 
Yeah, I was gonna say I usually go first because I uh, put out some bad introduction. You'll you just skip past it and like, yeah, let me just talk about the player. Um, yeah, I can try and do that today, just as an overview of what I thought about Ronald Jones. My first step will be to look at how he came out in my running back model. Now, for anyone who doesn't remember, I model across several variables from size, specifically uh, the BMI of the player, their forty-yard dash, their final rushing market share, and also their receptions per game for their entire career. I don't trust my running back model as far as I can throw it, but I do take it as a fair general starting point. These are the three or four data points that I find had the most signal for running backs and how they perform in the NFL. Um, they did not have much of a signal, which is why I don't trust it too much. But overall, I think it does a fairly good job. It's been reflective of um, other models I've heard about. More importantly, it seems to put the right players in the right order from previous draft classes, just not to a high enough degree that uh, I'm going to trust it fully. Now, my running back model, and specifically for the 2008 class, um, had obviously Saquon Barkley at the top, Rashad Penny came out second, and Ronald Jones actually came out third. That's not something I promote very heavily, because I, Darius Geis actually came out fourth, and I manually adjust it to have Darius Geis come out ahead of Ronald Jones, because my model's stupider than me, which is saying something, to be fair. So, Ronald Jones um, has a 28.6 BMI, which he had the 4.65 40-yard dash time, but my model doesn't value the 40-yard dash time very highly at all, so that's not hurting him too much. 40-yard dash is more of a threshold stat, and we also know that Ronald Jones was hurt during um, build-up to the combine. Uh, his metrics, his measurables, should definitely be overlooked, I think, and almost virtually ignored. Luckily, because uh, I have found so little signal between combine measurables or combine-like measurables, my model also mostly ignores uh, the combine like measurables and only gives very very small bumps based on them he had a 59.2 percent rushing yard market share which means he got 59.2 percent of the team's rushing yards in his final season and he also got about 0.8 receptions a game which is really going to be the crux of my argument is that he does not have a three down skill set or at least does not display a three down skill set that's been a raging conversation with players like Darius Geis and Nicholas Chubb who I think are both more interesting prospects than Ronald Jones so maybe we can get into that a little bit as well this week about how valuable how important a history of pass catching is prospect entering the NFL so that's my initial view he comes out high in my model and essentially because of uh, nearly 60% rushing market share in his final season. He's still young, uh, at 20.8 years old, uh, and with a high draft grades that seems to indicate, and which is also part of my model, I should have mentioned, and um, that he is being viewed well by scouts. And so that, I think, incorporates some of what the NFL thinks of this player, as does his draft round, which also goes into my model. Being drafted in the second round is a definite bonus and probably the biggest bonus my model gives, which is why he comes out ahead of, say, Nick Chubb. In, in an effort to be more succinct and less of a, a time-consuming asshole, frankly, I'm going to leave that as my initial opening and try and skip on over to you. That's just the, the overall view and what I initially look at when I start to evaluate a ro running back and what they might do in the NFL. So, Jake, uh, what do you think? <laughs> what, does he, what do you look at at first and what do you think of Ronald Jones uh, on a broad lens? Sure. And I think going into the draft process and I scouted him in, you know, for my Debbie draft uh, a year or two ago. And I came away somewhat, somewhat unimpressed just because I never saw him as being a workhorse type of running back in the NFL. Now, 
two things have happened since uh, you know my evaluation and my thought process on Ronald Jones. One, he went higher than I thought he would. I did not think he was a top 40 type of player. I think he was right around there, wasn't he? I think like the seventh pick of the, the second round, somewhere in there. Yeah. And then he went to he went to the, the best landing spot. I think a lot of us in the dynasty fantasy community had panned out. I mean, you can imagine what would have happened if, if Geis would have went there in the first or second round. Uh, people would have been absolutely thrilled with that landing spot. So those two things are a benefit for, for Ronald Jones, and, and hopefully that does say that they have a defined role for this guy. And I think I think that's a big part of what's going to play a part of his role in his production going forward. Uh, but that being said, uh, what, I, what I see on tape is a good running back. And again, I think he he's not going to be 250 carry or even maybe even 250 touches a year type of guy. I don't think he can hold that handle that workload and just to start off with some of the strengths I think he's a very decisive runner for the most part you know when he's not trying to bounce things outside if there's not a defined hole you know sometimes there he struggles but if there is a crease he's very decisive and he and he hits that hole very quickly even if he needs to do a lateral cut to get in that space which he he is very agile laterally he does have good uh, vision and, and good field awareness. And part of his field awareness uh, comes from pass blocking. Even though I don't think he's good at it, I think he can. He has the vision and awareness to understand where blitzers and, and rushers and defenders are just going to be are coming from. And he gets his body at least in the way. And then even I saw him go in motion out wide on some wide receiver screens. And I thought he got in the right position to you know block off the defender not that he was doing anything special there but he got in the way and he knew where he was going and then also I know he wasn't used a lot in the passing game but you know he did release from the backfield quite a bit he did go on some swing passes Sam Darnold just never really looked at him there another part of that problem I guess is that he well he didn't do it in high school either when he did have opportunity I think he did fine there I think he looked okay as a pass catcher. I don't think it's a fact that he can't do it. And obviously his skill set being smaller, quicker, just explosive, that lends itself to being good in the passing game, good on wheel routes, good on screens, good on dump off passes. Um, all All those things I think he can do, and that's part of what I saw in his field awareness when he would release from the line, I feel like he could find space and, and had a good feel for where he was on the field. So I think that's being a little bit overblown. And I also think that's going to be almost the tipping point of how successful he is in the NFL. I think because what do you do with a 205-pound running back that doesn't catch the ball? I mean, How many carries can you get? And that's part of where I didn't – I'm a little bit stuck because – he did get the ball running up the middle a decent amount, even though you can tell that he likes to bounce everything outside if he can. That's where he's comfortable. He's comfortable in space. But like on short yardage situations, I saw him be, again, very decisive and get downhill like when he needed to. All right. Uh, some really great points, Jake. Uh, it's really interesting to hear about the way you break down strengths and weaknesses from a, a film perspective. Um, now, to put some context in there before we go on, he's being drafted right now, and I think I think it's fair to say um, ADP, at least rookie ADP, is probably pretty set, um, apart from big news. 
this offseason through signings or injuries. Um, it's probably pretty set at this point. Ronald Jones has been drafted as a sixth rookie behind Sony Michelle and ahead of Royce Freeman, both ahead of DJ Moore, um, both behind Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. He's been drafted as um, he's been drafted in startups as pick forty nine behind Alshon Jeffrey, again ahead of Royce Freeman, and both of them ahead of LaShawn McCoy, which is wrong. If you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Uh, in my opinion, just to put it in context of what his cost is uh, and the upside he has to have in order to meet that is pretty high, I think. And neither of us are saying that is a slam dunk. So I think both of us, I'm going to guess here, Jake, would say he's probably being overdrafted right now. I think I think in terms of Dynasty ADP, as far as startups go, when the rookies are sprinkled in, I think a little bit... Um, I'd have to disagree with you on LaShawn McCoy. I do have concerns about how much he has left in the tank. And at this point, I think you'll get a pretty good low-end RB1-ish type of season from LaShawn this year. Maybe one more after that. So, like, I can understand it's going to be certainly dependent on your team construction and if you're competitive or not, where you're going to go there. But just in a vacuum, I would... I think I would take Ronald Jones there because I don't think LaShawn McCoy is worth more than a late first right now. Um... Okay, so there are a few things I think would be interesting um, to get to, but I don't know which one you know floats your boat, Jake. I don't know why you're going to uh, particularly react too strongly. and I'm, I'm trying to cause a reaction, so let's see if any of them stick, and then I'll talk a little bit more in depth about what I think about Ronald Jones. And one is that without a receiving history, um, higher than Ronald Jones, running backs aren't first round picks. That's a little strong. And I also might. L There's also a point here that I think running backs in general being overvalued just because of what happened last year. And we should always fade what happened last year in terms of trying to seek the value for next season. And um, the second one is that. Um, the second one is that 40 times really don't matter. As I mentioned with my model, I include them because they're the only thing that had a slight signal, but I think it's mostly a threshold step, and that's the signal that we're getting. The rest of it is because the NFL values 40 times. It's one of the things that they value from the combine. I don't actually think it tells as much about what a player does, or I don't actually think it tells... We know what it tells us about what a player can do. I don't know... We. I don't know. We know what it actually measures in terms of their ability on a football field. And the other one is LaShawn McCoy, because, you know, I, I, I think we could do an episode or two on that. I, I, I strongly disagree with the idea that he doesn't have anything left in the tank um, or that we should value rookies over him. But all three of those are probably bigger conversations. <laughs> um, so just if any of them stick with you. Now, with Ronald Jones, now with Ronald Jones in particular, the thing that I'd say is while he has decent rushing market share, which is one of the reasons he pops in my model, I'd point out that the biggest reason that he actually pops, as I did mention, was that he was drafted in the second round and he gets a high draft grade. He actually got a 6.2 draft grade from the NFL.com, which was higher than Rashad Penny by 0.4, but still higher than Sony, Sony Michelle, higher than Kerryon Johnson. So in terms of weighing the opinions of people who are in the industry and also the teams, of what they think of the player and therefore what opportunity he's going to get, he grades highly. But in terms of what he's done, he's mostly a rushing back. 
and that sounds like I'm down talking running backs, and I guess I kind of am, or, or the rushing part of the game. It's mostly that to become a top performer in fantasy or at the NFL level, to do it with less, he, he's never had more than a 3% share of the team's receptions in his college career. And that would just be extremely rare for him to either be a top 12 or a top 24 back. And my running back market share database is nowhere near as in-depth or as built out as my wide receiver one. And um, But I have started working on it. It's available on Google Sheets and I post a link fairly regularly. Um, but what I did is I sorted the, the my entire database of running backs going back to 2000. And everyone drafted and undrafted that I so-called put into it. And by their best uh, receiving market share, so the, the percentage of receptions for the team that they got, and, and compared that to top 12 and top 24 seasons for every for all these running backs drafted since 2000. What I found is in pretty much, and there are some notable players missing here, like David Johnson. I haven't built him in yet, but we also know he had a pretty good receiving share. But for everyone with um, sorting by top 12 seasons, the top 24 in terms of the number of top 12 seasons they had. There's only two examples of running backs with lower than 9% receiving share as their best receiving share at college. And those two examples are Adrian Peterson, who never did become a pass catcher at the NFL level, and Frank Gore. So both very different players um, to Ronald Jones. What about, what about Melvin Gordon? Yeah, he's in here. He's in. I think he had like... He had to been. He had to be under. I think he had like nine receptions in college or something ridiculous. Sorry, he comes in low on this list because he's only so far had two top twelve seasons according to what I just quickly researched because he hasn't been in the league as long. But even Melvin Gordon, who's often thrown in my face, has been a bad receiver in the NFL. I'll point out inefficient. Yes. But even then, in his his best market share of receptions was over ten percent. Ronald Jones, again for comparison, never eclipsed three percent of receptions for his team. I pulled up. Uh, Melvin Gordon had 19 receptions in his final year at age 21, um, which was actually the third highest total um, of the team in that year. And even Melvin Gordon had over 10%. Ronald Jones, again, his best year was 4.2%. So actually a little better than I mentioned, but still under 5%. And his best receiving yard season was 3.9%. And that, again, was in his final year. Overall, he just doesn't have the receiving numbers to have a top 12 or top 24 fantasy season. Now, those that's both based on PPR finishes, so it's a little slanted. But the similar, similar things happen when you slide it over to standard. Because while we don't think about receptions as being important, having that role, having those yards, being on the field, those still play a role. The top 24 receivers in terms of number of top 24 or 12 seasons that a running back gets, the list looks very much like you would expect. It's Ladanian Tomlinson at the top, it's Matt Forte, who is a little higher but would still show up in a standard scoring if I was doing it by that. It's LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, Stephen Jackson. So these aren't receivers that are only valuable in PPR. These are the best receivers since 2000, apart from the few like David Johnson I haven't put in there yet. And all of them had 10% or more, apart from two examples, which was Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore. Now, to go back to size comparisons here, and we've both said that finding a comp for Ronald Jones has been tricky because there's nothing, you can't compare his entire 
college profile or his size or even as measurable since we're discounting them because he was injured to any one player no clear comp comes out the comp that comes up on player profile is ronnie hillman and even that doesn't seem quite right but one thing i would say for sure is that he's not going to be adrian peterson and he's probably not going to be frank gore running backs come in all shapes and sizes um but there is a consistency uh, there is a value range to how big they are or what NFL teams like to see, and therefore they give them the opportunity. Ronald Jones just doesn't fit any of this. Are we basically saying, Jake, that we shouldn't draft Ronald Jones in the first round of rookie draft? <laughs> no. Do you remember that we're not really arguing on Ronald Jones today, right? You, I know you. I know. I know you want to. It's just. It's. I wouldn't go that far. He definitely is a top twenty-four running back in that offense with those weapons around him. Uh, I think he's definitely a top twenty-four running back, but. That's the question mark. We don't know, and, and his college background is is scary, as you, as, you, as you made it seem right there. I mean, just hearing that, that definitely gives you a reason for pause, even though when I watch him on tape, I do think he has the ability to catch passes. Jake bit on receptions there a little bit, I think. Um, and I've heard this before, specifically about um, Darius Geis. There are a few really smart people, both analytics and film alike, who say, well, on the field, I see the skill set of a receiver. Now, what I think this is, is talking ourselves into a player. And it's not that it can't happen. Like I said, Melvin Gordon's reception workload in college was pretty poor despite that last season. Although that's what makes someone like Ronald Jones have to be an outlier because there's normally at least one season if a player has uh, the skill set. But even if they can, it's a... I think it's a matter of undervaluing what pass-catching running backs do. I mean, but they do more than just catch the ball. Of course they can catch the ball. I heard someone on another podcast talk about how these are athletes, so of course they can catch the ball. Heck, I can catch the ball. It's not about whether they can catch the ball. It's about not undervaluing what Giovanni Bernard, what um, Theo Riddick do. They do a hell of a lot more than catch the ball. They remember their route. They run their route. Those things are difficult in and of themselves. That's why some receivers don't hit who do nothing but practice routes, right? And they don't hit in the NFL because it's much more difficult. So if you've never done it in college and you try to do all this, that's not just catching the ball, all this complex stuff of route running, route understanding, being in the right place at the right time, dealing with the defender coming at you, dealing with not being able to look at the defender that you know is coming to hit you, trying to develop that skill set in the NFL is just, tough and the other thing i think is that if a running back's drafted without that skill set or without that history the players don't and not the players the coaches aren't looking to put them in those situations so yeah maybe they could develop it but you don't really develop prospects in the first three rounds you don't draft a running back in the second round and go i am going to spend the next couple of years teaching him to receive the ball no you draft them based on what they have done and you want them to do that for your team so taking the time out to develop a player happens, but it happens a lot less than we hope for when we're looking at rookies. And I just think developing that skill set, we underestimate how difficult that skill set is to develop. So this is really all just a way of me saying we should really, you know, hold a parade for theoretic, I guess. I don't know. Because what he's been doing is actually difficult. So the question that comes up to me, you, you do like Darius Geis a good amount, right? Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. So how do you project his workload? Do you do you just not care that he's not going to be used in the passing game? No, I just think he's um, well, he had better college numbers in the rushing game. I think he's a better rusher than Ronald Jones. 
I just okay. do. I, so I think there's less questions about how he can be a rusher. So I think he's he's like Nick Chubb. He's someone who's capped in that way, but could still maybe be a Frank Gore, could maybe be an Adrian Peterson. Okay, that's fair. No, I th- uh, that's that's the only question that arose for me. Because I honestly, I'm in the same camp with Darius Geis. Like when you watch him on tape, there's not a lot of quantity there. But the quality you see in the skill set um, and the traits, I do see the ability to run routes and to catch the football. So, um, And I think Darius Grace is a better receiver than Ronald Jones. But I still think, and what I go back to Ronald Jones is when you're saying, you know, it's not an easy thing to learn. But I did see him run some routes. And I, I did see him have really good field awareness and body control. So I think those are the type of skills that translate to being capable in the receiving game. But I, I'm not trying to diminish your point uh, whatsoever. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and that's fine. You, you meant to. You, you meant to. Um, otherwise, we just accept my opinion and walk on, and that wouldn't be a good idea. So, um, so if we're both saying is an outlier, we're hoping that there's some things hidden that weren't there, which in the, by itself makes him... Um, Someone who has to be an outlier in order to hit at the NFL level, certainly at a, for fantasy purposes. Then um, what I'll go back to is I haven't really put much thought into that. The ADP seemed fine, but we're betting on an outlier with a six-round pick. He He's definitely where I start crossing over the receiver, if not before. Um, would you draft DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, or, or Calvin Ridley, I guess? Uh, over Ronald Jones. DJ Moore for sure, but this also comes down a little bit to player values, and this is a John Bosch special, um, is that I would possibly draft him because he carries more value in, in the in the dynasty community. And, you know, I'm never really trying to draft a player to trade them, but I I think it's important to understand where there's a sense of value like I'll, i do it all the time in like dispersal drafts you know like if you're in a dispersal draft and there's an obvious value play or you take a guy that you don't you like you you personally like but the value obviously isn't there i'm always going to take that guy with a better value because i have a better chance of of flipping him for a, um maybe that player i wanted plus something yeah i think yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I just uh, I want to emphasize here, it's what we're concerned about is what we're seeing on the film and what we're seeing in analytics is it has to be an outlier to hit. And so as long as you're drafting him with that in mind, that I am taking the positional value despite a lower chance of him actually succeeding from what we can tell, which we can't tell much with running backs, then I think it's fine. As long as you're aware of what you're betting on, then go ahead and bet your money. Switch to a situation which we rarely get to because we usually get to, en- to enjoy talking to each other too much about the other stuff. And you mentioned it a couple of times. What do you see about this situation? Because Tampa Bay was meant to be this ideal landing spot. We really wanted, I think Geis was the name that was thrown around a lot for, for Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. And in the draft, landing spots seemed kind of crazy as I remember watching the draft with you when we were on the Dynasty Dummies podcast. Everyone seemed a little shocked by where everyone went. So um, what do you think about his situation? Uh, why is it good or bad? Yeah, like, like I said earlier, I think it was, it was the premier destination for a running back because, and honestly, I, I don't know if it's 
you know, I don't think they have an amazing offensive line. I don't think, you know, they're a run-heavy team. It was just, it was the best of what was available. I don't think there was a lot of good landing spots in the draft anyways. So Tampa Bay just stood out like a sore thumb because it was the best of the possible outcomes. (laughs) I'm thinking about writing this article of if this, then that. So if you like Ronald Jones, then this. And I really like the fact you brought in the film there to say he did well with wide running lanes. And from watching both, you can see that he could get the running lanes in Tampa Bay. It's a really interesting film point. Instead of just saying O-line this or O-line that, you've actually did some comparison between the two things you saw. You think you see a similar opportunity on tape that Ronald Jones could really occupy. And so if this, then that. If Ronald Jones can succeed, he might be in a great situation because of the type of running lanes he opens up. I think that's great. And the other thing is, if not Ronald Jones, who else? I think that's another fair point. Um, Tampa Bay's got a lot going for it, from quarterback to wide receivers. But in terms of its running back, that's why it was considered such a good landing spot. Part of why, at least, is because there's so little on the depth chart. Um, Charles Sims has mostly flared out in terms of fantasy value or what we like, um, or who we want to draft, at least. Jaquiz Rogers did very well in relief and for a, a, as a starter for a small period of time. And then there's Peyton Barber. So, again, if this, then that. If you're not betting on Ronald Jones, you're hoping that Peyton Barber, I guess, um, or maybe Jaquise Rogers uh, as a very late flyer. Um, now, that doesn't mean a lot of value. They could be, you know, at best, a weak starter in a flex, because there doesn't have to be a running back that emerges. Um, but someone's probably going to score a touchdown. So if what we're saying is pushing you off Ronald Jones, I think the consequence of that is you have to start taking later flyers. All right. So I think we've just about talked ourselves out <laughs> on Ronald Jones. Yes. There's a lot more to say in him. No way. By no means are we saying we've covered everything. Um, for more positive perspectives, um, not that we didn't try to include the positives there, but two names that I definitely know, um, uh, at jmike, uh, J-M-I-C, I think, on Twitter. Uh, and J-Mike, J-Mike, J-Mike Check. Check, sorry. Uh, and also Tactical Assassin 13, is it? Um, Tacit Assassin. Tacit I always Assassin, sorry. Just, um, from I always the Dyn- destroy that. <laughs> from the Dynasty Dummies podcast. Both of those are, guys are definitely higher on Ronald Jones than we seem to be. Both of them have really great opinions, so they're definitely an opinion worth checking out if you have not decided which way you want to lead on Ronald Jones. So, Jake, anything you want to send us out on? Not really. Just Just keep going with the... You know, SFB starting soon in the next few weeks. Really looking forward to that. Clint and I, DHH underscore pastor, uh, we've probably already done 40 or 50 of them. I don't know. Um, we've done a bunch of them. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for checking out episode five. We're five in. I never thought Jake would survive this long with such an amateur. Um, but I really appreciate the fact he has. I, again, have had a really good time talking to him. I am looking forward to next week, and I hope you guys are too. Um, thanks for checking it out, and we will see you next week. You were, you were right there. Um, Jake has a pen habit. Filming analytics creator. The Dynasty Crossroads that filming analytics creator.
bad taste. It's the dynasty crossroads where film is everything. You better not or you'll be pissed. The dynasty crossroads where numbers are the king. There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything. I don't know why I'm apologizing to you. It's not like you're the one who has to edit all this out. <laughs>